What's up, y'all, and welcome to Marley the Podcast, where I use over a decade of experience in the health and fitness space to help you find what's gold and what's old so you can achieve all your health goals seamlessly. Over the course of the last three years, I noticed that a handful of questions kept popping up time and time again with my clients. So I wanted to go ahead and add them into a bucket of frequently asked questions and create this episode to dive into those and do more of a rapid fire style question and answer. That way you can get help figuring out some of these burning nutrition questions. Because I know if my clients are struggling with it, it's probably something that you have questions about too. So get yourself ready and we are going to dive in. The first one is I get a lot of questions about calories versus macros. And this is about hitting calories, but my macros are off. So nutrition labels are often going to be rounded to the nearest five, which means that your macros and your calories are not going to match 100%, which is totally okay. But you want to be mindful to hover around certain numbers, and that's why I give my clients ranges. So I give them a range between 10 plus or minus with carbs and with protein, and then with fats, they have a range of five plus or minus what their actual macros are for a given week. And that way it gives them that flexibility. So if calories and macros are a little bit off, it's not gonna be the end of the world. And the second question, how do I eat during the day if I'm going to dinner? This is probably the most asked question because it's not realistic to not eat out ever. No matter what journey you're on, if you're losing weight, if you're maintaining, or if you're trying to bulk, you're gonna wanna go out to eat with friends, with family, with your significant other. So the way that I have my clients structure this, which is super easy and it doesn't have to be perfect, you wanna create protein-dense meals throughout the day. I want you to have a good amount of protein for breakfast, for lunch, and a snack, while also keeping carbs and fats pretty moderate. That way, when you're going out to eat, you know that a lot of these meals are gonna be more heavy on the carbs and the fats, and that way during the day, you are being mindful of how you're creating your meals to better suit your needs for going out to eat later. And then this comes into the third question. How do I track while eating out? This is also a really hot topic. And I want you to know that things are not going to be 100% when you are eating out compared to when you are making your meals because you never truly know what is put in something when you are out to eat. You can ask for specific things and this is how I navigate it. I ask for sauces or dressings on the side. I have my clients either get things grilled or blackened depending on what their calories and macros look like for the day. And then you want to find the average of certain foods in an app like MyFitnessPal or whatever tracking app you use. So say you're getting sushi and you get a rainbow roll. I want you to look up rainbow roll in MyFitnessPal and then there's going to be some really high calorie options. There's going to be some really low calorie options. I want you to find somewhere right in the middle and track it that way. Although I know it's not 
a thousand percent precise, it's going to be a lot more beneficial for you to keep track of what you're eating out if you are not familiar with how much you should be eating in a day. And then you can also use another method, which I love. It's called the hand portioning method. And I really love this method because you have your hands on you at all times, which means you don't need any scale. You don't need any fancy tools. And the way that you use your hands to track this is your palm is a serving of protein. Your fist is going to be a serving of veggies. A cupped hand is going to be a serving of carbs. And then your thumb is going to be a serving of fat. Voila, you have every tool you need at your fingertips. And then one of the next questions is going to be, if I feel like I'm bloated quite often, what should I do? And I want to go ahead and bring some awareness to how fast are you eating? Think about that. Are you eating like it is the end of the world? Like this is your last meal on earth? And I know that I have been guilty of this. I know I have. And so many of my clients struggle with this same thing because you're busy. I get it. But if you are constantly eating this fast, if you are not chewing up your food as much as you should, that means that those bigger food particles have to get digested whole as opposed to smaller food particles and more chewing helps aid in the digestive process because it creates those digestive enzymes to break down the food even further. That would be the absolute first thing I look at. How fast are you eating? And the second thing I would do that has helped my clients drastically is by creating a food journal. You can use the app in your phone for notes. You can have a physical journal, but it's a little bit harder because usually a journal is not on you at all times if you are eating out. But I want you to create a food journal and food log. That way you can see if there is going to be a pattern of something that is irritating your stomach and causing you to feel bloated after you eat it on a constant basis. For instance, for breakfast, If you notice that you are chronically bloated every time you eat breakfast, I want you to take a look at what you're eating. If you notice that eggs are the constant in every single breakfast, even though you're switching up some of the other foods, I want you to go ahead and slowly reduce or eliminate eggs when you eat breakfast and see if that is the culprit. This is something that has helped one of my clients figure out that dairy was not her friend. She was having yogurt, she was having cheese, she was having all sorts of dairy products, and she was chronically feeling bloated, which was not making her confidence any better. So she took a good hard look, created this food journal, and realized that, wow, the common denominator in a lot of my foods is going to be dairy. So we slowly decreased or eliminated dairy, and then she realized, okay, now I don't feel bloated anymore. So that was the culprit. And a lot of times it takes some trial and error. So you have to just be patient with yourself in order to figure out what it is that could be causing you bloating. It could be eating too fast or it could be food related. And then another question, do I need a protein supplement for my goals? No, not necessarily. Although they can be really great to help supplement, it is not the end all be all. A lot of protein powders have ingredients in there that can 
exacerbate or cause a lot of bloating. And this could be things like gums or a lot of the fillers that they put in protein powders. So if you are going to do a protein powder, I want you to just look at the ingredients, make sure there's no kinds of seed oils in there, things that shouldn't be in there. And this leads to another really great question. So what is an easy way to increase protein? I created a post based on this because this is probably the biggest, biggest question I get is, oh my God, I keep falling short on protein. How do I hit my goals? Protein powders, like I mentioned, could be a good supplement, but I don't want them to be the end all be all. I don't want you to have two, three scoops of protein powder every day and not be getting vitamins and nutrients and minerals from protein food sources that are not powders. So the easiest way to do this is I want you to add one to two ounces of protein per meal, per meal. This can increase your protein intake by 30 to 50 to 60 grams of protein a day. So if you are struggling, if you are hitting 100 grams of protein, you need to do 130. Adding one ounce extra of protein per meal will help bump you up to that 130 mark and not leave you at the end of the day with a ton of protein left to eat and you just eating grilled chicken on a plate because we know that's not fun and it takes a little bit of time to get used to eating a little more protein, but this is the surefire way to do that. That way you're not left at the end of the day with a whole lot of protein and shoveling your face with some grilled chicken. And then one of the next questions, how often do my macros change? I love this question and I try and think of different phases of dieting in terms of seasons. Just like you don't have one season all year long, your dieting season or your bulking season or your maintenance season might not be all year long either. So how often macros change are very dependent on the person. I'm not going to be the coach that changes them every week. I want your body to get adjusted especially from a metabolic standpoint. So in terms of a cut, we'll use that as an example. My clients usually stay in cuts for a couple months. So three, four, maybe six months. We wanna make sure that your hormones are not being affected by eating too little of calories. We wanna make sure that your sleep is not affected, that your energy levels are not being tanked, your adrenals are through the roof. So we wanna just keep tabs on all these specific things to see when your body is telling you that, okay, it's time to eat more calories. And that way we slowly move you into a maintenance phase. And then from a maintenance phase, you want to stay there for quite a bit of time before going back into a dieting phase. So there's not a one size fits all approach in terms of how long you should be in a specific dieting phase, but it is supposed to be a phase and it's not supposed to be all year round. It's not supposed to be all the time. You want to make sure that your body has the proper nutrition and fuel to operate optimally, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a hormonal and energy standpoint too. And then one of the last questions I'll get to is all on tracking alcohol. This is a fun one because although alcohol does inhibit your progress to a certain extent, especially if you are in a fat loss phase or a weight loss phase, you don't wanna be going out and drinking four or five nights a week and consuming thousands of calories in alcohol because that's taking away from the food you could be eating and those calories from alcohol are going to be quote unquote empty because you're not getting any vitamins, nutrients, or minerals from them, even though they count towards 
your overall calories and towards your fat and carb goals. And I'll dive into how I convert these calories into carbs, fats, or a combination of the two. And how we do this is, you know how White Claws say they're 100 calories and they're only four or five grams of net carbs. Okay, that's bullshit. I want you to pretend like you didn't hear that. All you need to see is the calorie count of that drink. So if two White Claws is 200 calories, if you wanna count it as carbs, carbs are four grams per calorie, right? So 200 divided by four grams would be 50 grams of carbs. That's how you would log it into MyFitnessPal if you are keeping track of your alcohol consumed. And then if you wanted to log it as fat, it would be nine grams per calorie. So do 200 divide by nine, and that's right around 22 grams of fat. But then there is an option that you can use a combination because I know that using most of your carbs or most of your fats is not ideal. So if we wanna use a combination, you'll do 100 calories divided by four, which would give you 25 carbs, and then 100 calories divided by nine for your fats gives you 11 grams of fat. And this is the most optimal way to do it. That way you aren't putting most of your calories into carbs or fats. You're separating it into the two. I will say, I definitely don't recommend you going out to drink four or five nights a week if you are actively trying to lose fat or lose weight because you are gonna notice that one, let's, Let's be transparent. You know that your hunger spikes when you are drinking. So your inhibitions are a little bit lower. You're gonna go for that whole pizza. Then you're not in a calorie deficit anymore. So we wanna make sure that we are making smart choices for our goals. And that means that limiting alcohol while we're going through a fat loss phase is going to be for your best interest because you're gonna get to your goal faster than if you're drinking three, four nights a week and trying to be in a calorie deficit. So I hope this was super helpful. These have been some of the most asked questions time and time again. And I wanted to create an episode that could put them all into one for you. That way it could create a database for you to go back to and listen and fully understand these concepts in detail. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already and head on over to my Instagram at Marley Rosano to check out even more helpful content.